This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to The Fan. I'm Adam Epstein here on a Saturday morning, March 5th. And I just got a text from the Papa, Lurch, Jason Bishop. He's up early. He's preparing. He's doing research for his segment at 930. What a professional. You got to love that. You won't want to miss it. Jason Bishop of the Sports Junkies, Lurch Papa, at 9.30 a.m. here. But right now we're talking about the Commanders. What should they do this offseason? The report last night from Ian Rappaport that they're going all in for a quarterback. They've already called the Seahawks asking for Russell Wilson. Did you see that? I think it was, I don't know if it was a fake report. The other day they said that they called and asked about Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs, right? I mean, they're they're certainly going all out. I'm sure that I, was probably a fake one. Uh, yeah, I was going to say I didn't see that, but I'm not surprised with Twitter. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously they are probably going to sign somebody in the off season and probably draft a, a rookie quarterback because you need somebody you're going to develop for the future. But we wanted to open up to the phone lines right now, and I kind of wonder from you guys. So my question would be, how much confidence do you have in Ron Rivera to talent evaluate and select the right guy at quarterback? Whether it's in free agency or the NFL draft, how much confidence do you have Ron in Ron Rivera to get this right? 1-800-636-1067. Let's go to Gus in Alexandria. What's up, Gus? Morning. Um, so I don't have confidence in Rivera because he keeps talking about Cam Newton. Well, Rivera ruined Cam Newton. He made him a running quarterback and got him injured. He didn't protect him. And Cam Newton was your prototypical future of the NFL. So I don't trust him developing a Willis who's even – more of a raw prospect. Um, I hope we get like a picket, you know, someone who has a high floor because that one, that person doesn't need that much of development. Mm-hmm. What I want from Rivera is the ability to build a defense that doesn't force our quarterback to come back from like 20 points yeah. every time he goes yeah, on the field. Yeah, that's the big thing. That's what pissed me off the most about the Rapport Report is they're just a QB away. It's like he, he doesn't know anything about our defensive statistics this year. I mean, like, are you kidding me? We couldn't stop anyone for half the year. You're right. It's like he's passing the buck. Even if we get a Russell Wilson, I mean, like Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson showed you that they themselves can't lift the franchise because they had two losing seasons last right. time they played. Yeah. I mean, they're great quarterbacks, of course. You need them to win, but they don't prevent you necessarily from being immune to losing. So, look, so Rivera's got to prove that. Yeah. Let me. So let me yeah. ask you this though, because Chris Russell came on the air about 30 minutes ago and said he he actually believes Mitchell Trubisky will be the quarterback week one. How does that make you feel? You know what? I change my mind every three days. Like, I was for the Trubisky and rookie thing. I was now for Pickett. But then there's a possibility that Pickett and Willis are gone before we even draft. Um, the thing with Trubisky is that you're taking away from supplementing the rest of the offense. So when you get a Trubisky, it's going to be like around $15 million at this point because the competition for him is going to be for real. Yeah. It's not going to be your easy, like, $5 million, you know, bridge quarterback anymore. And so you don't get a Marcus Williams at free safety. You don't get, like, uh, Amari Cooper, you know, a wide receiver at a cheap deal anymore. You know, you can supplement your team other ways. And I know people don't want it. I'm okay with Heineke and a rookie. Okay. 
and you just invest everywhere else and see how that goes because we have a easier schedule coming up. The defense should get better. Our health should get better and just move along with that. And then we even have next year with a better quarterback class. Yeah, no, good call, Gus. And you're right. If they trot out Heineke next season, I mean, they better have a guy like Amari Cooper and Terry McLaurin on the left and right of him or we're going to be losing a lot of games. Let's go to Junior in Columbia. What's going on, Junior? Hey, Adam. Hey. Uh, I think that you're so far off on Ron Rivera that I don't – that you think he could be in trouble if he doesn't get the quarterback uh, situation right this year. I don't think it matters. I think he gets an extension no matter what happens because everything that's going on around the organization, they want the stability with someone like Ron Rivera. Mm-hmm. I think that as long as this investigation goes on, and they haven't signed the deal for the stadium. They're going to want everything as stable as it possibly can be. And with Ron Rivera being the head coach, it's going to be much more stable than him firing people and bringing in new people. So as long as all that stuff is still going on, Ron's going to be here no matter you might be, what happens. You might be right. And, you might be right. And and probably part of me saying that is you know personal thoughts and and. The fact that, like, I I do question a lot of the decision making Ron Rivera's ha- made, and, and especially with time management and going for it on fourth downs and all that stuff. So maybe that's person like my personal thoughts coming into this. Yeah, but- I agree with you on that stuff, but I think that's all secular. I don't think that has much to do with him being here or not being here. Yeah. I think until all this other stuff around the organization is settled, he's going to be here right. for the long haul. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. That. And he was a big you know, reason why the team is going to be called the Commanders now. What do you think about the quarterback position, though, Junior? I think that they're going to go with Mitch Trubisky if they can get him. I think that they have the inside track to him. I think that not only do they know more about him through the guys through Buffalo, but he probably knows more about Ron Rivera than other coaches because of Buffalo, the coaches in Buffalo. I think they have an inside track there. I Unless Malik Willis falls to 11, mm-hmm. I don't think they take quarterback in the first round anyway, unless it's Malik Willis falling to 11. Well, I think me, they go wide receiver or linebacker. Let me ask you this. How big of a fan of, of the commanders are you? Scale of 1 to 10, how big of a fan are you? I'm a 10. I, you know, and, I all right, so, so Mitch Trubisky comes out week one. Watching this team. Yeah, so Mitch Trubisky What's comes that? out week. Mitch Trubisky comes out week one. How do you feel as a diehard fan of this team? Same way I would feel about Taylor Haneke starting. I okay. support him. I wouldn't be all that excited, <laughs> but I would still support him. Um, but I think with the schedule next year, I think they're going to win more games. Yeah, I, I would. I would hope that there's some way they could trade this year's pick and get a next next year's first round pick, so they can be in possession to get one of those quarterbacks that are going to be coming out next year. That's what I would try to do. I wouldn't. I would do everything I can to try to get one of the guys that are coming out next year and kind of put the quarterback on the back burner and say we try. Uh, maybe that's what they're trying to do, saying, putting out all these stories. We did everything we could to try to get a quarterback, and we just couldn't do it. Yeah. I would hope that they just wouldn't take a chance on one of these guys that nobody seems to be you know, on board with across the board. Yeah. Some people like them, some people don't. I, I just The guys that are coming out over the next two years, I think those are the guys you're going to want that can elevate this team to a Super Bowl level. I'm not sure if these guys are. Junior, I love the passion, man. Thanks for the call. Welcome to the AWOD Army, bud. Thanks. Yep. 1-800-636-1067. Mitch, James, Adam, Don, Gerald, I see you on the line. We'll get to your calls next on The Fan. Welcome. 
Welcome back to AWOD Radio here on a Saturday morning. I'm Adam Epstein talking about the Washington Commanders. I still have to get used to saying it. Like, I've been doing shows in Richmond Thursday and Friday, 12 to 3 p.m. on The Fan, 910 The Fan in Richmond, Virginia. And I'm, like, all over the place there saying football team. I mean, it's so tough to get used to. And it just doesn't roll off the tongue at all. Yeah, it's crazy how they were just the football team for a short time, but I'm, like, so used to saying that now, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so I I struggle with it, too. Even screening some of our callers and stuff, I I still have the reaction to say, do you want to talk about, you know, the former name or the football team? Or, you know, I still still hesitate with that. The skinny skin skins. Exactly. Yeah, no, I feel you there. And and I talked with Pete Haley about it on my show the other day. Like, we've got to, as a fan base, come together and come to an agreement on a nickname. Because, you know, you got the junks, literally the junkies, you got four guys, half the room's calling them the Manders, the other half's calling them the comms, I'm calling them the football team still, uh, the Commanders is such a long name, it's an incredible amount of syllables, you know, it's wild, Giants, so easy, you know, maybe it is Manders, maybe it's Durs, the Durs, <laughs> I heard someone say the Dubs, Pete said uh, the three stars, I've been saying a couple years, like when they first changed the name, I, the n- dumb one that I had was the bold, the burgundy and gold. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You don't like that? <laughs> <laughs> That's a stretch right there. <laughs> yeah, you didn't like that. All right, so we've been talking about uh, what Ron Rivera should do this offseason at quarterback, and, and do you have the confidence in him to get this decision right at quarterback? William tweets me. I'm at AWOD Radio if you want to get your tweet read on air. William says he has zero confidence in Ron and the Martys to get it right here. He's a former linebacker that can't draft linebackers. Look at Devin Lloyd and Nakobe Dean in the draft. So some people have mixed reactions here on Ron Rivera and, and what to do in this offseason and will they even be successful with finding our quarterback. I mean, I do I will say that I am a fan of seeing that report from Rappaport last night. Like that got me excited. You know what I mean, Donald? Like it felt like, hey, this is serious. We are actually going to trade away our future. We're going to do similar to what we did in 2012. Every 10 years, Washington fans, <laughs> we trade away everything and we try it again. Yeah, and yeah, as I stated earlier, I am happy to see that, you know, there are reports that they're doing something. You know, whether we're successful or not, you know, that's a different story. But the fact that we're, there seems to be reports that we're going for it, that's, I mean, that's all you can ask for right now. And let me explain my perspective. Look, I'm 29 years old. I've been a fan of this team my whole life, and the last time they won a Super Bowl was right before I was born. So we have not had success in my entire lifetime. We also haven't had a franchise quarterback. I've lived through the Patrick Ramseys, Jason Campbells, Danny Werfel, now to Taylor Heineke, and I'm tired of it all. But here's what I will say. I am willing to trade anything and everything to get a guy. Why is that? Because that 2012 year, 10 years ago, when we traded everything for Robert Griffin III, that was the one moment in my lifetime as a Washington Commanders fan where I felt like we had the quarterback position locked up, that we had our franchise guy and we could build around him. And although that failed, the one, the slimmer of hope that we had there in 2012, in my opinion, is worth trading everything. Because it's been 10 years, and I don't think we've been, we've been any closer to finding our guy in those 10 years. I was never that big on Kirk. Right, yeah. I mean, to your point, that, that RG3 mania during that time, I've never seen 
in my lifetime too, so much rally around the team during that time. Because you said, obviously, it didn't work out, but just having him come in, that excitement, that, you know, push, and then when we made the playoffs, right. you know, just that whole era was is a very exciting time. So Because they gave up a lot to get him, yep. and then we saw an immediate payoff. Yep, and we, to your point, we need to get back to that feeling. Yeah, we do. 1-800-636-1067. Got loyal listener of the show, Mitch in Jersey on the fan. What's going on, Mitch? How's it going, man? Hey. Um, good show. Um, you know, I, I like Mitch. I almost like Jimmy Garoppolo. I think um, that will cost you a pick. But what about drafting two quarterbacks? I like the kid from Mississippi, um, Corral. Yeah. And take one in the fourth round. I mean, you watch the team and it set a precedent for drafting two quarterbacks. I know. I know. I was talking about that the other day with some friends about, like, yeah, if you remember 2012, they drafted Robert Griffin and Kirk Cousins. Would they be willing to do that again? And I, I think for a lot of, that I've heard from people is no, because they're going to draft the guy and try to focus on him, and they don't want that locker room uh, issue that they had before where half the locker room was kind of starting to side with Kirk, you know, as we move towards probably like 2014, <laughs> right? Well, time flies, but... Um, yeah. Well, if you, well, then this is a If you say he's so close, I think why give up so much for, uh, I mean, Russell and... Aaron Rodgers, he can't make up his mind. What they have, like three years left, four years left? Yeah, no. I, here's the um, thing, Mitch. I, I think I think Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay, and a name that I would like, Mitch, would be Jameis Winston. But the problem is, is I just don't think that's I don't think that's possible. I, I've been if a lot of the discussions I've been hearing from NFL reporters is it's Tampa Bay. He's going home. He's going back to Tampa. Well, I don't think he's that good. I would, <laughs> I'd, be, I'd rather have Jimmy. Anyway, thanks yeah. for taking my call. Yeah, Mitch, thanks for thanks for calling in. Yeah, look, I, I I've gone back and forth on Jimmy Garoppolo. I do think I look. I had uh, Cody Shuck on the show, and we had a full argument, a debate on this. I think I think he's absolutely an upgrade from Taylor Heineke. Now the problem is, is the 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 parts of his game that he's an upgrade from Heineke isn't enough to make an impact on the field. What I mean by that is Heineke struggles at the long throws to the outside, right, on a on a 10-yard out route. He misses those throws because he doesn't have the arm strength and the timing has to be perfect. I look at Garoppolo, and I think that's an issue for him too, you know? The deep ball Heineke struggles with. Garoppolo missed a deep ball that would have won him a Super Bowl. Right, I agree. I was going to say, it specifically with the 49ers, you could tell that they tailored their offense to minimize the amount of throws from Jimmy G. And to your point, I, I would feel a little better about him in D.C. in comparison to Heineke, but it's still not like the move-the-needle kind of trade. Right. I'm not getting too excited Especially about Especially for an inaugural season. Right. The only thing to me Jimmy G has, obviously he has the playoff experience. He has the experience of you know being under Tom Brady. So those are definitely intangibles and things that are, are an upgrade, but just the on-the-field product, he's not somebody that's moving the needle for me. Absolutely. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Follow me on social media at AWOD Radio, A-W-A-D-D-R-A-D-I-O. I'm going to push for 10,000 followers. Tell your, fr- tell your friends. I'll follow them back. All right. Anybody who's a fan of the show, you get a follow at AWOD Radio on social media. Coming up next, Jason Bishop, Lurch Papa of the Sports Junkies. We're going to break down the NCAA conference tournaments that begin, well, they've actually already began for some of the mid-majors, and the big tournaments begin next week, including the Atlantic 10 tournament, which will be here in Washington, D.C., at Capital One Arena. It's Wednesday to Sunday. So uh, Lurch Bishop next with me on The Fan.
Welcome back to The Fan on a Saturday morning. You're listening to AWOD Radio. I'm Adam Epstein. We're going to talk college basketball right now with my guy, Jason Bishop of the Sports Junkies. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks so much for taking the time on your busy Saturday to join me. What's, what's up, buddy? What time did you get up this morning? Oh, I got up at about 6.15. Wow. Yeah. I was thinking about you. I was thinking about you laying in bed. I'm thinking, oh, this guy's doing morning radio on Saturday mornings. You know how I feel every single day, getting up at four. So it ain't easy. I know. I know your lifestyle. You like <laughs> to stay out a little bit. Yeah, I know. It's it's kind of it's kind of ruined it. It's become Saturday nights now when I go out when I hit up Pamplona and everything like that. But uh, so we want to pick our conference winners here, uh, Lurch. Though, but today we have the Missouri Valley tournament, and um, it's an interesting tournament because. The odds are kind of favoring Loyola Chicago with, I mean, Northern Northern Iowa was the one seed. They've been the, the best team all tournament, and I mean, all year. And then Drake and Missouri State there as the two and the three seed, both action in action today, 3.30 and 6 p.m. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so, you know, the Missouri Valley might get two because Loyola might be in at large. But let's, you know, they might be an automatic qualifier, but we'll see on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Northern Iowa is the one seed right now based on their conference record, but um, I don't think they would get in as an automatic qualifier. So they are hot, though. They've won five straight. Drake's hot, too. Um, I still think that Loyola wins that tournament, um, even though they're not as strong as they have been in the last few years. But this this week and next week, I'd match these two weeks up with, with the first week of the NCAA tournament. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love, I love conference tournaments especially the smaller conference, um, even though, you know, they're only going to be one bids. But I love the fact that every game is huge. I mean, you've got a championship game later tonight in the OVC, Murray State. Now, they're probably going to get in anyway, but they're playing Moorhead. Moorhead um, pulled an upset the other day, or yesterday, I guess, um, against uh, Belmont. So you got Murray and Moorhead there. So you're going to have one bid in. Um, already tonight, and then you've got a bevy of games. I mean, if you look at the schedule, it's like 150 games today. It's crazy. I know. It's a lot of top 25 matchups, too, including, like, number 13 against number 14 there. Uh, I believe it's Tennessee. Uh, I forget who they're playing. But, yeah, yeah, there's a – I mean, there's a ton of – oh, Tennessee-Arkansas. I mean, that's a game that I, I yeah. think is going to – the winner of that game, in my mind, could be a Sweet 16 team. Uh, I think that's a, that's a big matchup. I love Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought up Arkansas. I love Arkansas. They're hot. I mean, they're as hot as any team in the conference, any team in the country. Um, they beat Kentucky a couple weeks ago. Maybe that was last week. They beat um, Auburn a few weeks ago. Granted, both those games were at home. They beat Tennessee earlier in the year. I mean, they're, they're really good. They're well coached. That kid, Note, the guard is legit. He's, he's a good player, might be all conference. Uh, they've won like 15 out of 16. I, they're going to probably be a four seed, a five seed, maybe, but I think that's. You asked me a couple of weeks ago about um, the teams I thought that could really, you know, the Cinderellas of the world. Yeah. I, I really like Arkansas. I think Arkansas is one of those teams. But, um, yeah, man, this is a ton of games today. A ton of games to wager on, too, bro. Absolutely. Before we get into it, though, let me let me get your thoughts on this because uh, it was an interesting discussion I had uh, with Kevin Sweeney, Sports Illustrated college basketball reporter. So if Loyola Chicago loses today, 3.30 p.m., he thinks that they will be looking for – VCU or BYU, another team out there to play another game to try to help their resume before the tournament. What do you think of that? Um, I haven't thought of that. Uh, I mean, would the conferences even allow that? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's already been discussed, yeah. 
Um, that's interesting. You know, because because the of uh, games were canceled because of COVID and stuff like that, right? Right, I got you. Yeah. That's, that's funny you brought that up because I was looking at the A-10 conference schedules today, right? Mm-hmm. And um, George Mason had, I think they played three less games than yeah. everybody else. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so Davidson, uh, Davidson's going to play at uh, Dayton today. VCU, your boys are going to play in St. Louis. That won't be an easy game. I think St. Louis is a slight favorite there. Yep. Um, but they've played 17 games, so today will be their 18th game. George Mason's played 15 games. Now, George Mason wasn't going to be an automatic qualifier, but if they had made up those games, it could have helped their conference seating, right? So right now they're, I don't know, they're middle of the pack. They're seven and eight in the conference, but they, they played 15 games. Today will be their 60th. So they're going to play two less games than everybody else. And I know it's difficult to make up the games because there's other schedules you got to worry about, but um, that's interesting. Uh, if Loyola loses, yeah, that would. So when would they play that game? Sometime next week, sometime yeah, early, sometime, early week. sometime next week before mm-hmm. you know, obviously before Sunday, right? So it would probably be next mm-hmm. Thursday or Friday. So it, it's definitely interesting, and and you know they have to find another team that's also willing, you know, to play against them. VCU is one of the teams that they mentioned because we had a few games canceled, but I just don't think VCU would put themselves in that in an opportunity to lose a game like that. Uh, but let's let's yeah. do this here. So I'm calling it Conference Challenge, right? You can use the hashtag Conference Challenge. AWOD versus Lurch. We're putting some cash money on the line. Five dollars per conference here. You have to pick the winner. Uh, I get, you know, we'll we'll go back and forth alternating who gets the first pick. If your team wins the tournament, you get the point for that tournament. If neither of the, our teams win, then neither of us get a point. You can tweet me at AWOD Radio, or and you can use the hashtag Bishbucks to tweet me your picks and get your thoughts here for the conference tournaments. Lurch and I will be playing for the money, but you can tweet me and play for bragging rights. All right, so you want to get it started here with the A-10? I'll give you the A-10 because I know who you're going to pick. I'm actually going to surprise you. I'm going with St. Bonaventure. I've been talking about them all year long. I think when it comes to a tournament, the fact that they have five seniors, those are their five starters. They got their center back last night in a, in a win against Richmond. He looked good. there. I mean, that's a solid team. And I think the four seed is great for them because I have them upsetting Davidson and then probably beating VCU in the final. VCU gets to the Sunday game every year, but we don't usually win it. So I'm going St. Bonaventure in the A-10. Hmm. Interesting. I saw them play a little bit last night. I watched a little bit of that Richmond game. Yeah. Uh, it was senior night there and there were all those guys were crying. It was very emotional for those boys. St. Bonavich is a tough place to play. Believe me. That's a, that's a tough arena. Um, but I'm going to go kind of chalky here. Um, I was going to take Davidson. Um, they're hot, but VCU is hotter. VCU is one eight straight. Uh, I know VCU won't outscore a ton of teams, but man, they can defend. So I'm going to take VCU to win the eight ten. You got St. Bonnie's. I got, VCU. Wow. <laughs> I don't think, I think we would have uh, expected the opposite of that. All right. ACC, you go first, Lurch. I just don't think there's anybody that touches Duke, really. I mean, obviously, huge game today at Carolina, um, and Carolina comes into Cameron for Coach K's last game at Cameron. It's going to be very emotional. They crushed North Carolina earlier in the year in Chapel Hill by 20. Um, I don't think anybody really matches up to Duke talent-wise. And the story of the next few weeks is going to be Coach K. Obviously, today it's the biggest story. It's going to be the biggest game. But even though Duke has lost three conference games, they lost to Miami. They lost – I don't know how they lost to Florida State, but that was a road game. And then they lost to UVA at home. But they're playing much better now. They've won seven straight. They're starting to put it together. I just don't think anybody touches them. 
So I'll take Duke, and I know that's kind of easy to, to select them, but I'm going to take Duke to an ACC. Yep, yep, yep. So Duke was my pick, obviously, also. But I'm going to go with Miami then and, and hope that Coach Laranega can get some Maya, some magic going there. We'll move over to the Big East, and I'm, I'm going to go chalk here, and I'm going to go with Villanova. It just feels like, you know, Coach, he's just always got these guys going right at March. I could pick. Um I think the Big East will probably get six bids into the tournament. Um, Xavier's just dying. Georgetown plays Xavier today, don't they? Yeah, I believe, and, 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 so, and is Providence legit? Providence is legit. I mean, well coached. You know, they're a top ten team. Um, they play really well at home. I think they're sixteen and one at home, but they're they're good. Um, so I'll take the chalk there. I'll take Providence, fourteen and three in the conference. And Ed Cooley, who knows, man, his name's been thrown out there for other jobs for next year. So um, we'll see where if he stays. I'll, I'll take Providence. you got Villanova in the Big East. All right, moving over to the Big Ten. You're listening to AWOD Radio here with Jason Bishop, Lurch, Papa of the Sports Junkies. Bish, who are you going with in the Big Ten? <sighs> it's a tough one. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a, it is. Um, I, I think that most of the te- these top six or seven teams are pretty even. I'm going to take – Kind of a surprise here. I'm going to take a hot team, a team that's kind of crept back into the rankings, and they've played well of late. And I think they might have the uh, the player of the year in the conference. I'm going to take I'm going to take the Iowa Hawkeyes. I knew you were going to say and, that. Yeah, uh, really. Yeah, I think Keegan Murray's legit, man. He's just really good. Um, he lit up Maryland uh, a few weeks ago here in, in College Park. He's averaging 23 and point uh, three a game. He's shooting a three pretty well. Good player. I think that they're well coached. They're pretty experienced, and they're just playing well. So I'm going to take Iowa to win the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, I mean everyone's been saying you got to give the coach a lot of credit after you know losing the conference player of the year last year in Luca Garza, and now all of a sudden five game yep. win streak. They're peaking at the right time. But there's another team in the conference also on a five game win streak, and that's also the team that's the number ten team in the country, the Wisconsin Badgers. I love that program. I feel like they're starting to get going again. Um, you know, since they had such a Hall of Fame coach for you know for so long time, they're trying to get the program going again. I'm going to go with the Wisconsin Badgers to win it. All right, I like that play. I was going to take Wisconsin, but I didn't want to go complete chalk on you. Yeah, well, that's a good pick. That's what I'm going to do, Chalky Chalkerson over here. All right, next up here in the conference challenge between Lurch and Awad, the Big Twelve. I'm up first here, and uh, this one is a. I pick here because he used to play for the VCU Rams. That's Marcus Santos Silva, who has transferred to Texas Tech and kind of been their uh, starting center and also backup center. But he's played a lot of good minutes for them, and and uh, I'm a big fan of his. So I'm going to go with Texas Tech to win the Big 12. Look at you. I was going to take Texas Tech, man. Oh, um, really? <laughs> very I was going to take Texas Tech. Very well coached. Um, Mark Adams has done an unbelievable job there. Um, you know, again, don't score a ton of points, but very good defensively. Um, but I, I'll go with Baylor here. Obviously, a lot of experience. Um, well coached. Thirteen and four in the conference. Um, Kansas. I, don't, I just don't know if I trust Kansas as much as I do Baylor. Um, but again, twenty-five and five, kind of playing well the last few weeks. They've won six out of seven, um, just beat Kansas uh, by 10 uh, a couple weeks ago. So I'll take Baylor to win the Big 12 Conference. Let me ask you this. Are you surprised by the year that West Virginia had, just 3-14 and 14 in the Big 12? 
Yeah, I didn't get to see them a lot, but that is surprising. I mean, usually Coach Huggins has a much more competitive team than that. Yeah, but, I mean, um, it tells me the I mean, conference anytime, is very competitive. Yeah, I mean, anytime you only win three games, I mean, <laughs> I mean, and you finish dead last, that's that's really bad. Um, but you know, and they're they played poorly. I mean, when you when you've lost seven straight to close the year, you kind of have just given up, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but- a lot of these teams have just. They've given up, and uh, but that is surprising that they're that bad. I, I certainly expected them to be at, at worst middle of the conference. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they had some some close games this year. I know they lost to Texas the other day by just two or three points. All right, Pac-12. Uh, I believe you go first here. All right, Pac-12. I was looking at this earlier today. Um, you know, obviously Arizona is the one seed. They won the regular season by three games. They're seventeen and two in the conference. Um, USC is struggling a little bit. Uh, I'm going to go UCLA here. Oh. Um, UCLA, <laughs> I think, is going to be – were you going to take that? I was, man. I, I just love Jaime, Jaime Jaquez, man. He's like – yeah. it feels like he's like a dad out there on the court. I just like teams, that, again, who are experienced and who are playing well. And if you look at what they've done the last few weeks, um, they've only lost, I don't know, three or four games in the last two months. So – um, even though they just did lose at Oregon, which is kind of surprising to me. But I'm going to take UCLA to win the Pac-12 Conference Tournament. Well, that's going to make it easy for me then. I'll, I'll go with Arizona, and I'll feel pretty confident in that pick. Let's move over to the SEC, and I'm going to surprise you here. I'm going to go with the Alabama Crimson Tide. I know people would say, what, you're going with a football school? But they haven't been uh, – I mean, they've been a basketball school in the last few years. The program's been turned around – they're not a great conference record, nine and eight so far in the SEC, but twenty fifth in the country. They got some big wins coming off of a loss. I think they get things going, and I'm going to have them winning the SEC. All right, like the play. I did talk about Arkansas earlier, um, and I think that's a, a team you should watch for in the NCAA tournament. But I'm going to take Kentucky to win the SEC tournament. And the reason I'm going to take them is I just think they're the most talented. Um, They've had some injuries with Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington the last few weeks, but they got them back. They played pretty well in the Ole Miss game, um, and they won by 11 in that game. Uh, They did lose at Arkansas, like I mentioned uh, last week. But I'm going to take – and look, Kentucky's got to play at Florida today. That's never easy. Yeah. But I will take um, Kentucky – just because now that they get Ty Ty back, and I think he's one of the best guards in the country, and he'll be a lottery pick, I'm going to take Kentucky to win the SEC tournament. But you wouldn't be surprised if Auburn and Jabari Smith just win it pretty easily and, and win every game by 10 or 15 points in the tournament, would you? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they won the tournament, winning by 10 or 15 in every game. I think that's a different story. But no, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if they won the tournament. I just think Kentucky can match up with them if they're 100%. And now they get Ty Ty. Now, Ty Ty's probably not 100% but he should be good to go for most of these conference games and then moving into the NCAA tournament. So we've gone through the A-10, the ACC, Big East, Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12, SEC. Now it's time for some of the smaller conferences. The Mountain West, Lurch Papa, you're up. All right, I'm just going to go chalk here. I'm going to take Boise. Um, Boise's 15-2 and two in the conference. They're playing well. They've won five straight. Um, and... No, I just think that the rest of that conference is. Um, you're probably going to go Colorado State or San Diego State here, yeah. but I just I just like Boise here. Um, haven't seen them play a ton. Just kind of reading up on them and, and reading some of the numbers, and uh, they clearly are the best team in the conference based on the regular season record. 
Yeah, absolutely. And my favorite thing about the conference tournaments, though, is that that that's not how it always plays out with the one seed Correct. advancing. And so, yeah, I'm going to go Colorado State here, and I, I like it, man. I like the pick of going with the two seed to uh, to maybe make some noise here. All right, let's go to Conference USA. I think this was an easiest easy one. You could probably guess. I'm going to go with North Texas. That's a team I've been talking about for a few weeks now. That if they get into the tournament as a 12 or a 13 seed, I'm absolutely picking them to have an upset in the first round and maybe even win a second game. I think that team's terrific, and so I am going with North Texas. All right, I'll go Middle Tennessee. Um, who they're leading their side of the conference or their their division and their other side of the conference, and I. Again, I like to go with hot teams, okay? And Middle Tennessee is, even though they did lose to North Texas, they played them once, they lost to them. Um, they've won 14 out of 15. So I'm going to go with the hot team. Just dropped one at Charlotte, but they're going to throw that out there. They're going to beat Old Dominion today uh, down in Norfolk and head into the tournament as the two seed, and I'll take Middle Tennessee to win Conference USA. Awesome. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine. I'm going to win 45 bucks off you, Lurch. Look at that. I'll, I'll be salty. <laughs> I just got to get your Venmo, Addy. Yeah, you know it. You know it. I'll give it out on the air, Adam-Epstein-9. Hey, Lurch, uh, I took off next Thursday and Friday for the Atlantic 10 tournament. I've got credentials. If you want to go, let, let me know, man. Let's try, to, let's try to take over Cap 1. All right. Let me just uh, – I guess the bracket will come out tomorrow, correct? Yeah, yeah. Well, it might even yeah. come out later tonight, yeah. Maybe tonight. All right. Well, we'll look at the bracket. We'll look at the start times. Um, I do want to see your boys play up close and personal. I think Mike Rhodes could be on the move. Um, really? I know you. I know you were going to ask me about potential replacements uh, for Danny Manning and Kyle Spark and possibly Patrick Ewing, but I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Rhodes' name was thrown out there for the Georgetown job. Kind of a local guy. Coach at Randolph Macon forever. Yeah. Um, I, I just think that he's really good. He's a really good coach. I know that they don't score 80 points a game, but they defend. I think it would be a good job for him. And um, So don't be surprised if, if Ewing's let go or resigns that Rhodes' name's Hey, Lurch, what do you, what do you do think wanna... of this, man? I was, I've been doing shows in Richmond, and a lot of the skinny I've been hearing is that Shaka is a great recruiter, but when they went to the Final Four, Coach Rhodes was the brains of that operation. Really? Well, yeah. I'm not surprised by that, man. The guy can coach. Yeah. He's already proven it, and he's been. How long has he been at VCU? Is this his fifth year, sixth, fifth or sixth year? I think it's fifth. Ah, uh, yeah, I, 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 it could be fourth or fifth because I know Will Wade had a couple years in between Shaka, so uh, not yeah. sure. Not sure I exactly. Think, I think, I think especially if Rhodes can win the A10 and get into the tournament, anytime smaller conference coaches get to the tournament, get that automatic bid, their name's going to be thrown out there. So just don't be surprised if you hear his name thrown about. I got you. Thanks so much for the time, man. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. My man. Have yep. a good day. Yep. That's Lurch Papa. I'm Adam Epstein here on 106.7 The Fan. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Fan. I'm Adam Epstein. Big shout-outs to my guy, Lurch, Jason Bishop, for joining the show. Thanks to... Chris Russell for jo- hopping on the show, and thanks to Damo of Wizards of Gallery Place for joining the show. If you missed any of it, you ca- can catch the podcast, or you can rewind with the Odyssey app. But I was going to end the show by telling Donald about my accident the other way, the other week. So it was uh, three weeks ago on a Saturday morning after I did the show with you, right? Uh, I think it was the morning that Cody was doing the show with me, right? So we, we were co-hosting together, and I'm driving home, and so. 
if you've been in Arlington, right? So you get off of uh, Arlington Boulevard. You have to get on to 50 to get to my house. And it's one of those like um, curves, right? Where you go around a curve and then you're yielding it to come onto a highway. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. So I'm yielding, yielding, yielding. And I see there's a woman in front of me. Then I look to my left and I see there's absolutely no traffic. Like zero. Okay. No cars on the road. And so I assume like this isn't this isn't a stop sign. I like there is no stop sign there, right? Mm-hmm. You're you yield and you go. Right, right. You yield and you go. You, it's simple. <laughs> I look back at the no traffic and I step on my gas. And she didn't go. She didn't even move. Yeah. And I ran into the back of her car. Wow. And this is one of, this is the worst part. Then we pull over. Somehow during the accident, something must have popped out of my car. My I had a flat tire also. Oh wow. Yeah, with a nail in it. What? A nail? Yeah. So I think I think I drove out of 1067 and you know how there's all this freaking construction right here? Yep. And I might have ran over the nail and then when I got into an accident it like popped the car. Oh wow. The tire. Wow. That's that's crazy. And then it's unfortunate for you because I'm assuming that you're technically quote unquote at fault for the accident. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've been in similar situations where, unfortunately, I was the one at fault, but it was really because of somebody else's Well, that's the thing. It's like, but, I didn't want to argue it, but, like, yeah. what is the rule? Because there's not a stop sign there. Can you just stop on the side of the road when people are yielding? Yeah. I mean, can you? I mean, yeah, I don't know the technical whatever, but, yeah, I mean, yield and stop are two totally different things. She should get a ticket for failing to go. <laughs> Green means go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I agree with you. That's that's unfortunate to hear, though, man. It pissed me off so much, man, and it set me back. So I'm gonna I'm gonna need to win that conference challenge against Lurch Papa. You can tweet me at AWOD Radio and use the hashtag #BishBucks to let me know your picks for the conference tournaments. We'll follow we'll follow up next Saturday, 12 to 3 p.m. If you're living in the Richmond or Henrico or Chester Chesterfield field area you can hear me 12 to 3 p.m thursday and friday in richmond i'll be back here on saturday in dc 7 30 to 10 a.m this has been awod radio thanks for listening